The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good morning. Good afternoon. Excuse me. I am Vina Jones-Cox. I don't know what time it is. It's gone beyond. I don't know what day it is. And gotten to where I can't tell if the sun is rising or setting anymore. I'm Vina Jones-Cox. This is Real Life Real Estate Investing, I think. And uh, we are your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate business. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even when things are chaotic and the market is in this weird sideways place where there's lots of foreclosures, except there's not because there's no foreclosures, but there's lots of people, there's lots of people like 6% of Americans are behind in their mortgage payments right now. And yet we're not seeing that effect on the market because of the foreclosure moratoriums and there's so much less pr- property. There's so much a few, so many fewer properties on the market, and yet we all know that there's this like wave coming as people start feeling okay again about having sellers in their houses, and as their banks start telling them they have to make their payments or they have to move, and it's a weird, weird time, people. But as I think we also know. Fortunes are made in chaos. Doesn't matter if the chaos is good chaos or bad chaos. That's the time to not be fearful to jump in and do what other people won't do because they are fearful. So our whole kind of strategy behind the last, I don't know how many shows we've had since we were allowed to come back here, four or five shows, I guess, Uh, has been to talk to folks who are experts in certain areas of real estate and who are extremely experienced. So they're not like hiding their heads because of what's going on out in the world and who are actively still in the market, you know, not not hanging back and seeing what happens uh, to get their take on what is working, what's new, what's different, what's the same, what's maybe going to happen over the next couple of years. And my guest today happens to be an expert in the topic that I have gotten more questions about from you guys than anything else. My inbox is full of people asking questions and probably 50% of them are on one topic and that is marketing. It's it's what's working. Should I still be doing it? Will, are you doing anything differently to deal with the situation? So I've invited Kathy Kennebrook to join us today from her home in Sarasota. 
and she is uh, probably probably well known to most of you guys. She's pretty famous as the marketing magic lady. But uh, for those of you who don't know her, um, she got kind of a kind of a typical real estate investor track. She was in corporate America for about twenty two years and decided that that traveling all over the country thing and getting paid on commission wasn't working for her anymore and took a real estate class and took another real estate class and took another real estate class and jumped in with both feet and um, became an expert in the part of this that I don't know it seems to elude a lot of people which is marketing she's done hundreds of deals now and um, has has again gotten herself a real name as somebody who you go to when you have marketing questions. So if you have marketing questions, today is the day to ask them. That's uh, askvina at gmail.com if you want to email them in. Or you can call while we're live <laughs> from 5 to 6 Eastern on Wednesday. So right now, maybe, unless you're listening to the podcast, 877-772-9658. Kathy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I am glad to have you because, my goodness, everybody everybody just started theorizing about marketing all of a sudden instead of, instead of like doing what you're supposed to do, which is try it and test it and see what happens. I'm getting all these, well, I stopped mailing because I figured no one would be responding to mail these days. And it's like, well, maybe you should try mailing and see if they respond to mail these days um so let me let me get your take on what is working in your world because i know for sure you did not start start stop marketing in march no actually we've beefed up what we've been doing um prior to march and, and coming forward the first thing that I would tell anybody on our call to do would be to take a look at what your demographic is. You and I talked about this a little bit earlier today, actually, that your demographic is a little bit different than where I live. Um, I'm kind of in the geriatric capital of the world, so we deal a lot with inherited properties and estate properties and seniors, out-of-state owners, things like that. Um, so we definitely take a look at your demographic and then build a very targeted, specific mailing to the folks in your area based on your demographic. And, and I've got to tell you, Vina, there, there are a lot of people out there who own homes, who own some rentals, they own vacation homes, things like that, and they're looking to cash out. Um, they would be more comfortable with a chunk of cash at this point than a property or a vacant property because their renter has left or is not paying rent or whatever that might be. So um, we're finding where we live that we're actually doing equal or more deals than we were since March. It's been really busy. Um, and as far as turning properties, again, where I live here in Florida, they are selling as fast as they go on the market, as long as they're in like a specific dollar range. For, for me, that's anything that's about a quarter of a million, a quarter of a million and under, like 250000 and under. Anything in that price range is flying out as soon as it hits the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm a bit of a keeper, so I've been retailing a little bit, and, then, and I'm still holding on to properties as well. Um, if, you, if you vet your renter correctly in the first place, 
um, the whole problem of your renters not paying rent is not an issue. Almost all of the renters in my properties are what they call the essential worker kind of thing, and almost everyone I have is working, and my rents are paid at this point at 100%. So get out there and do it, guys. There's deals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the folks who are not marketing because they are afraid of what happens if they do get a deal, like they're they're sitting around going, well, you know, who's going to be who's going to be out buying a house that I might retail or what investor is going to be buying a wholesale deal? Or if I if I buy it and fix it, and rent it, is anybody actually going to want to move into it? You, you are not finding any of those to be challenges at the moment. I'm not. And again, that goes to my demographic a little bit because um, I live in Florida Everybody seems to be coming here. <laughs> and then in the smaller community, okay, the market is changing a bit. I will totally, I'm totally on board with that. And what we're seeing is that, A, people are flying to Florida, um, and I guess maybe because part of that is our restrictions aren't nearly as bad as other parts of the country. We're not locked down like other areas are for the most part. The other thing I'm finding, Vina, is that people are moving into smaller communities, more suburban and, and more rural kinds of areas, because there's more space. So, like, people, like, aren't on top of each other. So, for, for example, I just, I just got back yesterday from my vacation home, which is in a more very rural area in northern part of Florida, which is where a lot of the vacant land that I buy is. And that's a whole different business and a whole other seminar. But we're finding that we're getting a lot more population in those areas because people are moving to places that aren't quite so crowded, like New York City and and, and Chicago and some of those areas that are more crowded. People are, are moving a little bit. And so Things are so properties are like shifting, you know, and so there's more empty properties in those areas, and more properties where I live are being bought as quickly as they go on the market. Hmm. Interesting. And when we come back from our break, we're going to dig. We're going to we're going to unpack some of the stuff that you just said because you talked about doing more marketing and focusing more on certain kinds of folks and that's yep. that's the kind of thing that that listeners are very fascinated with is like to whom and you know what do you say and things like that so um i've got questions for kathy the question is do you have questions for kathy because if you do you can send them to askvina at gmail.com that's a s k v like in victor e n a at gmail.com, or you can just give us a call and talk to her directly at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Kathy Kinnerbrook, who is talking to us today about marketing. And um, specifically, we should say, Kathy, that your, your big love of all the types of marketing that are out there is really direct mail. It is. And part of the reason for that is because we can build a residual relationship with our with our customers. We've been doing relig- residual mailings for a very long time. The other reason that I really like direct mail is you can focus your marketing dollars, no matter how little or how much you have, on a very specific type of seller and then using specific criteria to hone in on that list even more to find the most highly qualified sellers within any given list that you might be using so that you're really using 
using your marketing dollars to the very best of their ability to bring you the highest number of deals. Mm-hmm. Let me just get this one out of the way because I know somebody's going to ask. We can just, we can just, just you don't have to ask this question because I'm going to. There's a big, there's been a big, um, I don't know, trend over the last year to eighteen months to maybe two years. I mean, it's it's not that it, it's only been going on that long, but the, like what has been taught in the last year to two years has been don't bother to mail, don't bother to do online ads, don't bother to have a website, just do, just buy a list and then text blast or or use voiceless ring mails to blast out to, you know, 2,000 people who own properties on a list and that's how you're going to find your deals. What is your thought about that? Um, that is a real estate investor or real estate investors who are not thinking it through at all. Do you know how much of their market? See, that's what I'm talking about. They didn't look at a demographic. They didn't look at their population numbers or any of that. See, I track all of that, Vina, in, in everything that we do. Okay, what our population looks like, what our age group looks like, you know, what our demographic looks like, what price ranges of homes, all of that comes into play. If you text BLAST, I will tell you right now, and, and, and I can actually send the proof, that approximately 21% of the national marketplace doesn't even own a computer. Do you really think they're going to own a cell phone? So you, you've got it, you've got, you know, so the whole text blasting thing is just, is not the way to go. The other thing is most of the sellers that I work with, no matter what age range they are in, are more interested in a personal connection with me to put together that deal and to figure out how to solve their problem. It is so easy for a person to get a text or get an email and click a delete button like wham. If they get a very direct and a very personal piece of direct mail marketing, they're going to look at it, they're going to read it, they may put it in a drawer and then pull it out and read it again two or three weeks from now. That's what I'm talking about, residual. Um, All of these mailings are very, very residual and people will hold on to them until their situation changes. So not only are you getting deals today, but you're constantly sowing seeds for future deals. With text and with email and those types of marketing, you're not doing that. You can't physically do that because it's really easy to hit the delete button. I'm a little I'm a little flummoxed about how that even became a thing. I have no idea. Because <laughs> because okay, have you ever met anyone who said, Oh no, I really enjoy getting these spam texts and these right. These these voicemails that are like completely impersonal, you know, that are clearly not really for me. They they don't really get that they're you know ringless voicemails and they went out in mass. But these emails, right. these uh, you know, these this, the voicemails you get that are like, "Hi, I'm Kathy and I'm a real estate investor here in Sarasota and I was wondering if you were interested in selling a house." Right, like, like not even, not even. And now, it's not that I've never called anybody and asked them if they wanted to sell their house. You know, if I'm if I'm driving up the street and I see a bunch of guys setting out furniture on the curb, and I'm like, oh, eviction. <laughs> That's an unhappy landlord today. I might, I might, you know, track down his phone number and call him up and say, hey, I was out by your house at one two three Easy Street this morning, and I noticed that you might be having a tenant problem and. 
kind of wondering if you were thinking about selling the house and you know people don't seem to mind that kind of call because like oh my god let me tell you the story <laughs> about what this person did to me and you know you can actually build as much of a relationship as you can over the phone right but exactly. but but who likes getting spam texts and spam, and, and yet we're, we're we're very happy to like do it apparently you know and often in violation of the law that's something right. that people don't understand is that there's actually laws around who you can you know text <laughs> that you don't know um i th- honestly i think it's part of that whole misunderstanding about how real estate deals happen um that, that that's it's real common amongst newish investors who haven't talked to a lot of sellers and the misunderstanding is you're looking for deals when in reality what you're looking for is sellers with problems. Exactly. And they need to kind of self-identify that they have a problem. And you reach out to them and say, hey, if you got a problem, give me a call. We'll work it out. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, even stepping away from direct mail for a second, we also use apparel a lot. So we have like, you know, company shirts and, and hats and things like that. And and I'm not walking through the home improvement store or the grocery store and getting through it without picking up at least a couple of leads. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the whole thing about the relationship. It it just is. It's this is a relationship business. This is not a you know, hey, press a button and buy something. It's not like that. And so the whole thing to you know, text marketing or email marketing just doesn't really work. Yeah, effectively. I, th- I think people see it as an easy way, like, like oh, this way I don't have to organize mailing out 300 letters right. this week and then organize mailing out 300 different letters to the same list next month. And meanwhile, I've gotten 300 new names and, you know, they kind of get discombobulated by that. And it is cheaper. I mean, it's cheaper than putting a stamp on an envelope for sure. But again, I, I, I guess I have to ask the question... If you had a big problem, yeah, you'd inherited property, you're, you had a, a occupant who beat it up and you don't have the money to fix it back up again or the patience or the time, or you just, you know, you got transferred across the country for a job or, you know, whatever your deal is, are you going to respond, uh, respond to a random sh- a text from a stranger saying, hey, I want to buy your house, or are you going to, you know, are you more likely to respond to a letter that someone wrote you that said, if you have a real estate problem, I might be able to solve it. It'll take five minutes to find out. Give me a call. You know, we can, I can give you all kinds of options, right? Because you just, that that stuff you can't really say in a text. And I I do a lot of, um, a lot of creative deals where instead of paying cash, I'm in some kind of long-term relationship with a seller where I'm making them payments every month. Right. And I can't imagine that relationship starting by text. That's like that's like, you know, starting a starting a, a relationship is going to end in marriage on Tinder. I you know I just don't see that happening. That's not the right <laughs> that's not the right format. We need to be talking to each other on the phone. So exactly. Um, oh, and everybody who's being honest about it. We'll say that the response rate on the positive response rate on those is incredibly low. Like you have to do a lot of cold calling and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of texting to get any sort of positive response, as opposed to stop emailing me or I'm going to sue you. 
exactly. And and that's one of the reasons that I use really targeted direct mail to work with my sellers. And then, as you know, we put the response mechanism in the body of the letter. So it tells the seller what I need to know from them and exactly what I want my seller to do. And if they take the time to follow those steps, then I've got a deal that's already pre-screened when it hits my desk. So why would I want to work with something that's junk when I have something that's pre-screened sitting on my desk? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's huge for me. And for all the newbies that I work with, I mean, it makes their lives a lot easier when they're just getting started in real estate to get real responses from their mailings with real information that's going to help them determine if there's a deal there or not before they ever contact that seller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in the first segment here of the show, you mentioned that you have actually... In, uh, in some areas anyway, increased the amount of mailing that you're doing. Are there any particular, because uh, you, you have like, I don't know, 14 different types of people that you mail to. Are there any pieces of that list that you're finding to be like more responsive now that stuff's going on in the world? Absolutely. Again, goes back to your demographic. So you need to study your demographic. In my case, inherited properties, which is everywhere in the country, um, estate properties, senior homeowners, and out-of-state homeowners. Anybody who, who has a home basically sitting around, um, they're just not using. What I'm finding the response from the sellers to be more of lately is I would rather have the cash. I would rather you know, ha- not have have this problem solved. I would rather have income. I would, you know, so, so I'm doing more owner financing and I'm doing more private lending, basically, and buying for cash as well. So basically we're doing more owner financing and then more cash outs to these sellers and getting really great deals. I mean, so it may be something that I'm going to fix up and retail or fix up and lease option or rent or fix up a little bit and sell on, ho- on work for equities because we do that too. So... So do you think this is like a national battening down of the hatches where people are people are saying bad economic times are coming and I need to get rid of this while I'm still hearing that houses are selling and I also need to turn it into cash because I could need that cash next year? That's exactly what that's primarily what's happening in our market. Yeah. Oh, that's happening in every market, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, then on, and on the other side of that coin, when you are retailing a property, we're also finding, again, where I live, that properties are selling as fast as we can put them on the market because people are migrating. And it's, it's an interesting thing that's happened, this, this, this market adjustment where people are physically migrating away from certain areas and into other areas. Florida's already crowded enough. We, we want them all to go home. I mean... <laughs> But um, they're not. Um, and, and seriously, I mean, just as quickly as we put a house, we have multiple offers. I mean, it's and as long as it's in about that, you know, like one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. Most of what I'm selling is around two hundred ish. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, those sort of middle income sort of areas where we live. Um, and so, it, again, it's really, really important to look at your demographic and see what your demographic looks like and see what kinds of sellers that you have in your area and hone your lists in on the ones that are most likely to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. 
When we come back, I'm going to uh, share some information from here in Ohio about what seems to be working best here. And we're also going to answer your questions that came in at askvina at gmail.com, as well as talk to Kathy about her predictions for the next couple of years of the real estate market. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Kathy Kennebrook about what is happening right now in the marketing world. We've got a couple of questions that have come in at askvina at gmail.com that we will get to in a second. And um, Kathy, you keep you keep saying, you know, Florida, maybe my demographic is different than other people's demographic. Um, I live about as far culturally from Florida as everyone from here is moving to Florida. Like that's, it's Ohioans that are flooding your state. And uh, I've seen the same thing of more responses to existing marketing. And so, yes, I also ramped my marketing up back in early April and the same thing of people are making decisions right now based on what's going on and what their thought is about the future because here here's something here's something weird that i've noticed about the last couple of months worth of leads a lot of these are people that we've been mailing to for years particularly in that kind of inherited property category and in the distressed landlord category and never heard a peep from them. <laughs> like this isn't, this isn't, you know, the third conversation we've had. And what they are saying when we actually talk to them is I have, I have needed to deal with this for years and I just haven't. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing inherited properties that literally no one has lived in for 12 years. It was inherited 12 years ago and nobody's lived there in that whole time. And, and, it's easy to sit there and say, good Lord, what? So you've been paying taxes, utility bills, insurance for 12 years on a vacant house, and you're just now getting around to doing something about it. And a lot of times the underlying story is, well, we couldn't agree to sell it. Or one of the brothers or sisters kept telling us we, you know, we couldn't let it go because it was our childhood home and they were going to buy it, but they never they never did or that you know there's some emotional attachment and now we just want the money and the distressed landlord types are are saying things like you know what given the given what i'm what i'm reading in the newspaper and hearing about how people shouldn't have to pay rent and so on i'm just done i I, i've I've been kind of sick of this business for years and now i'm i'm out (laughs) i'm not i'm not doing this anymore i'm gonna sell i'm gonna sell this rental property um, and it doesn't hurt, and I, I, this is one of those things we can't have numbers on, but I think a lot of my competitors have stopped mailing. Yes, I agree with that, because I'm not, I'm not getting nearly as many letters as I was either. Um, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and, and again, it's partly what you just said, residual mailings. You and I know how important that is, and 80% of the, of the investors out there, which is a, is a constant problem that, that I fight with even my own students, they do a mailing once or maybe twice and quit, mm-hmm. and you can't. You know? So we, we do the repetitive mailings. We've always 
done repetitive mailings. And so over a period of time, the response rate continues to grow. And just like you're saying, now our response rate is growing because all the things that you just said, you know, that I've, I've had this house for, you know, eight or nine years. I need to, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be done with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a burned out landlord. I'm done with it, you know, and, and those types of things. And so we're doing more deals that way also. Mm-hmm. So this this could be this thing that we're looking at right now where response rate has gone up, um, deals are still selling really rapidly, which is a, and that's an interesting juxtaposition because we don't, we don't usually get that in the real estate market. Right. What we usually get is when calls, when when there are more motivated sellers, it's because it's harder to sell properties and that's not the situation right now. Correct. So it might be it might be a blip, but what follows the blip is what's is what's interesting because if we do in fact to get this get this recession flood of properties on the market all of that sort of stuff we i we can assume we can assume that uh, response rates on marketing will go up even more right correct that's what I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what I'm planning for actually um we are are planning i mean my mail my mailings have been constant you know for the last 14 years so i have a system in place that that pumps me out you know new deals every week every month every year type of thing but we are increasing that a bit because now you have our current market situation and then on top of that you have property tax bills ready to be going out as well no matter where you live they may have already gone out some go out june july ours don't go out till november um, so now you have that on top. So you have somebody sitting on a property they don't want, they don't need. They really need to sell it. They're being more pushed in that direction, and now they just got a property tax bill. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're we're definitely preparing toward buying more properties in the coming year or so because I really feel like the whole foreclosure thing is going to explode again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, even years ago when that happened and there were a ton of foreclosures and a ton of short sales, um, everybody stopped doing direct mail then, too. And so we ended up getting all these other sellers that everybody else forgot about because they were too busy, you know, processing, you know, the foreclosures and short sales and things like that. And, and all these other poor sellers got forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of looking at the market going that way again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, nobody's got a crystal ball, but if we can just guess based on past recessions and what the real estate market did, uh, you know, they're going to be a great time to pick up, especially bargain rentals. Exactly. uh, and, and, And great owner finance deals, things like that. The people who get really nervous in a recession are the retailers, the buy, fix, and sell people. Because, yeah, absolutely the home buyer market drops off and the home buyers who are still out there and qualified and ready willing and able to buy man they get they get picky and you you better have your act together if you're going to be retailing in a in a recession you can't get by with a buff and puff job you got to have like you know the best property at the best price which means you maybe have to pay a little less for it to start with which means you better be getting leads that allow you to do that Exactly. Um, and, and that was something that we learned early on. If you put out the best product in the marketplace, we never had really a problem with selling them because, 
you know, it, two, two different properties in the same price, and mine's like tweaked, and it doesn't cost like a lot to, you know, just add a few really cool tweaks to a property to make it more, you know, more sellable than the other one. Even, even sometimes it just comes down to a little bit of curb appeal mm-hmm. type of thing. So it doesn't have to be something crazy expensive to make yours the nicest one in that particular market. I'm making a note that one of our next few show ne- shows needs to be retailing in a recession because that, that day is coming and a lot of retailers who got into the business since, say, 2011 are yeah. going to get super surprised when days on market goes from, you know, one, which a lot of them are experiencing right now and have been for the last few years, to right. to a more normal, you, you expect it to be six months between the day you close the, to buy and the day you close to sell. I, I think right. a lot of folks aren't, aren't like prepared for what all that means. Okay, so I've got a challenging question for you from Deb. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard this before, though. I've mailed out letters to a mailing list. I got a response from a woman who called back and left an angry voicemail that I'm done. I'm dumb because a I mailed a letter to her husband who passed away two years ago. The whole reason I did a list like this was so I didn't have to look up each house individually. Should I shake this off? Should I write or call her with an apology? Or do I need to double check my list each time to avoid this in the future? Two ways to do that. The first thing that it, okay, depending on what list you're using, if it's an inherited list, I usually used, use a fact checker kind of a person. Um, we, I work with list companies who will provide the list for you clean. So that's one way to fix that in the future. I might just go ahead and you already made the contact with her. She's already in your filter. I might make a phone call. Um, and just see what happens. And, and you know, you know the, the list broker I used went ahead and mailed that letter out, and I'm really, really sorry that that, that, that went out in the wrong way, and I can totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but obviously, you know, if, if you responded to my letter, then perhaps you do have a home to sell. And hit oh. it real softly like that and see what happens. Gutsy. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm always I'm all about going for the lead if there's a lead there possibly. What 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 I, I hear this often and I, I, I some sometimes people just say I stopped doing direct mail because I couldn't stand all the times I was getting yelled at by people. And I yep. and then I say how many times was that? Well it's twice. Okay. Out so of how many But the answer to that question is so easy, Vina. You and I both know this. Okay, there is no yelling in my world. I can't tell you the last time I got yelled at, okay? Because the letter that I'm sent, okay, I have 12 different direct mail campaigns that we do, which you know. And each one of those specifically addresses the seller's needs. Within the body of each letter, I address exactly the information that I need from the seller in order to determine if there's a deal there. And then I tell the seller what I want them to do. So I don't get yelled at because if they don't want to work with me, they just throw it in the garbage or whatever. But when I do get a response, I've got all the information I need to determine if there's a deal. If they took the time to do the response and mail me the response, I've already got it, or email me the response, or fax me the response, I still get 10 to 15% coming in by fax. 
Oh, boy. Okay, we track everything. We track everything in our office because I'm working with senior homeowners part of the time. So a lot of those folks are doing stuff the old way. So I don't get yelled at because I'm not sending out a letter that says, hey, it's Kathy and I want to buy your house at. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I haven't done that in years. Never. I've always sent out something really targeted and very specific telling the seller what I want them to do. If you don't tell your seller what you want them to do, they're not going to do anything at all. Or they're going to call or you and yell at you. they're going to be nasty. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, and I, Deb, I, I would say this. To, to some extent, you need to just shake this off because my, my feeling is if you don't get yelled at a couple of times a year, you're True. not doing enough marketing. Because there's just there's people out there who are just nuts. Let's start there. There's people <laughs> there's people out there who just like you caught them on the day that their wife threw them out of the house or something. You know, you, you don't know what happened in their life that day, and they're just looking for something to, somebody to take it off out on. And you're True. you're a good target. Some people, you know, you don't know what the backstory is with this lady. If her husband died and she never opened an estate for him because he, uh, everything was already in her name and he didn't have anything, there would be no reason that your list broker would know that he was dead. Like, like it's not, it wasn't, it, it wasn't necessarily a mistake. It could have, it could have just been literally, she hasn't done anything in the public record to say that this, this, this fella has passed away. Um, and she's probably getting a lot of mail from him for him, if that's the case. Uh, so, I mean, you just uh, I, should you should you send her an apology letter and say, I'm really sorry that I, um, you know, that my list broker wasn't aware of your husband's passing. I'm sure this is a really hard time for you. And we've we've definitely removed his name from the list. And if I can ever do anything for you exactly. in terms of the sale of your house, please let me know that that would be fine but you can't let you can't let the fact that somebody yelled at you affect what whether you're going to to move forward Continue in the business yeah i got a i got a call actually today a voicemail today from an agent i know who said uh so you've been sending my brother-in-law these letters and he's getting really upset about it <laughs> and i i know that i know that they're just you know they're just automatically generated, but you really need to stop. And I called him back and I said, and he gave me the address of the property, thank goodness, because sometimes they tell you to take them, to take them off the, your list and then they don't tell you who they are or what property they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, and I said, I, I'm really sorry he's been removed from the list. If he, if he gets anything else from me, it's because it crossed in the mail. You know, we may have already sent out another mailing, but apologize to him right. for me. And, you know, it's fine. It's not, it's not a big deal. So, um, Kathy, we've got some other questions here in the inbox, but we have to take a quick break first. If you have any last-minute questions, listeners, this is your chance. You, you like It's all marketing all the time with you guys. This is your big chance. This is your week, man. Askvina at gmail.com would be a good place to send those. We'll be back, back right after this. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Savina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Kathy Kennebrook, and Kathy is one of the featured speakers at the 2020 OREA National Real Estate Convention, uh, which is kind of a big deal because this year we're online. We're over the course of a week. We have a lot fewer speakers than we've had before because, honestly, I'm not booking anybody who doesn't have experience preceding the great recession i don't think i don't think i don't think anybody who hasn't been in real estate since before the great recession is going to be able to address what is likely to happen over the next couple of years so um it's always a it's always a challenge to find the best folks in the country and then when you add to that how long you been in business and they say well five years but i've done a thousand deals yeah i don't think you're ready for what's coming so i can't can't have you can't have you talking to people maybe next year when we see what happens uh so the conference is going on it's just not going on as scheduled we pulled uh all i don't know three or four thousand people who've been to the event in the last few years and said how do you want to do it and the answer was we want it online but we want it spread out over the course of six days so that we don't have to sit on our rear ends and on our dining room table for four days until our eyes bleed watching zoom so we've broken it up so it's going to be in the evenings we're going to have some daytime um q a sessions with the speakers like just lunch and learn sort of thing so you'll get to hear what they do in the evening and then the next morning the next uh, day at lunchtime they'll have a session where you can just come in and ask your questions about what they what's made them so successful so um question from michelle and michelle i think has been on the other end of all of these we were talking about the calls and text blasts and whatnot she she says the data analytics must be improving a lot i'm suddenly getting calls all the time on properties in hot areas that i've owned for a long time or that i've recently bought at foreclosure where are they getting these lists they're very targeted There are list brokers all over the country (laughs) (laughs) who can create these lists for you um, based on very specific criteria. Um, And and that's kind of what I pride myself in is being able to provide the resources for my students and for my customers um, to be able to get these lists by not only the specific list, but criteria within the list to be able to to really hone in on a specific type of potential seller. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they are, and we can't recommend any specific list broker because this is public radio and we just don't do that here. But there are tons of them and it's not, I don't know, people get upset about, well, but it costs so much money to buy a list. It costs, you know, for a really targeted list, it costs 50 cents a name. Yeah, but if you get the not really targeted list, it costs you 50 cents a stamp to mail to people who don't fall into the category of maybe having more than one thing going on. Maybe they are, maybe they inherited a property and are behind on taxes, or maybe they um, recently declared bankruptcy and also got a divorce. You know, there's, 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 it's, it's, to me, it's worth the upfront investment, spend a little bit more money on the list to get the better list. I I totally agree with that. Um, One of the things that investors have to remember and realize that this is a business, and with a business there are expenses. Um, And so the quality, 
the, the real quality of a list goes a long way to the number of deals that you're going to be able to create from that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I've discovered about marketing over the years is you can do things the cheap way or the easy way. I'm sorry that you the you you can, you can either you can either spend money and get better results for less actual mailing and and that means, you know, when you do when you're doing fewer mailings that also means you're dealing with fewer of the people who aren't real targets. Cuz that's that's just kind of inevitable that sometime, you know, you're going to you're going to end up talking to people that yeah, they want to sell their house, but not that badly. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, right. they'll wait forever to get their price and all of that sort of stuff. Um, the fewer of those you can deal with, the more efficient you are. Exactly. The more efficient you are, the more time you've got to spend on actually, once you get the deal, doing the thing that makes the deal make money. Whether that's rehabbing it and selling it or renting it or finding a buyer for it or whatever. And uh, there's there's not really a combination where you get to spend you get to spend no money and you get to spend no time. You got to pick one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can do the brute force method if you want, but uh, yeah, typically it is uh, better to just you know learn learn how to do it right in the first place. That's another mistake a lot of people make is yeah. they um, they don't they don't invest any time learning about about how to be a marketer right they just they they see that somebody that they know is using a particular postcard and without even really evaluating it or knowing how to evaluate it they're like well i'm just going to take that and i'm going to use it and then they wonder why they don't get any calls or they get angry calls or whatever and that's 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 a piece of this right i mean i know this is something you teach people when you when (laughs) you have the microphone and the slides and aren't aren't getting uh, questioned by somebody else is right. there's there's a way to say things that's going to get you a better result. And a lot of folks don't want to invest any time studying that. Right. The other thing that a lot of people don't do is give their seller multiple ways to contact them. You have to meet a seller at whatever their comfort level is. So we give them, you know, the phone number, the fax number, the mailing address, the email address, and the website. The more ways you give a seller to contact you, the more of them you're going to meet at whatever their comfort level is. So a lot of times all I see is, you know, just call me at, you know, or just email me, and there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. And and that's just, that's not good marketing either. So that's something else that's really important is to give the seller multiple ways to contact you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if I'm hearing lessons from you, it is don't stop marketing. And if you haven't started, this is actually a pretty good time to start because the, the competition's gone down. And there are lots of sellers out there who definitely want to sell. And if you know what you're doing after that, you will you will be able to make money on the properties. I'm hearing give meet people where they are. Uh, sort of target your message to what you already know the problem is because what is the right. list you bought or got or made or whatever you know. I know I've seen your marketing. And I know the message to people who are, for instance, behind in their taxes is very different than the one who inherited a property. Correct. And bother to spend some time studying marketing because just because other people are doing certain things in a certain way does not mean it's working. Have I pretty much summarized what you <laughs> what you want to get out to people right now? 
I think so. You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. And then just and get out there and do something. You yeah. know, don't don't sit back and procrastinate and oh, only if, only if, only if. You've got to get out there and you've got to get your message out there because if people don't know that you buy houses, you won't. So, <laughs> always, um, always a good advice in any market. That's so. the first piece of the message: is get your message out there. Yep. All right, Kathy. Well, I look forward to. Uh, seeing your all-new updated presentation at the OREA convention coming up in November. Folks who listen to Real Life Real Estate will hear more about that and how they can get signed up and also support public radio here on WMKV in just a few short weeks. So look forward to that. Appreciate you. Thanks for being with us today. And we, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. 